Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 317 and we're in a brand new book in Lamentations 1 and 2, Luke chapter 23 in the first 17 verses and we round it off with Proverbs 26. Now in Lamentations we have five poems, each expressing the grief over a fallen Jerusalem. The intent is to mourn over a lost nation. The people of God are that nation. The author is unknown, but some say it was Jeremiah, known for his own grief over how the people of God were led astray. You certainly get a real sense of this grief in the first verse of the book. How lonely it is now. The city once teeming with the people of God now lies in ruin. The reason for this is chapter 1 and verse 8. Jerusalem sinned against God and therefore became a filthy and vile nation. Verse 18. God was in the right. The people rebelled. The blessing was removed and now the nation is destroyed. As we head into chapter 2, it really makes for dreadful reading. It really is sad to see the people of God, once a wonderful nation living in the promised land, now a remnant of that glory. No longer feared, no longer successful, no longer anything really. And that's the story without Jesus. We would be nothing. We would simply be vile sinners, going against God, nothing to our name, no credentials, no ability to save ourselves. And it's therefore thanks to Jesus that we can be really anything. We head into the New Testament in Luke chapter 23, and we have the trial of Jesus, or rather, I should say, the sham trial of Jesus. First, we start with false accusations. Supposedly, we learn from verse 2, Jesus has caused an uproar, telling the people to ignore Caesar and making wild claims. Secondly, verse 4 tells us that Caesar finds no guilt in Jesus, but he is still carted off to Herod, who questions Jesus at length. And guess what? Verse 14 finds no guilt in Jesus. This sham trial overshadows what happens behind the scenes. Jesus is being mocked and beaten and spat upon and ridiculed. Yet not once does he launch a defence. Not once does he answer back or call upon his disciples to fight back. He endures the suffering that was promised for the Messiah. It is astounding that two powerful leaders of the time had declared Jesus innocent, yet the religious leaders and the mob continued to call for his crucifixion. Such was the hatred toward Jesus that his innocence was not even considered. They wanted Jesus out of their lives, and that meant he must be crucified. I wonder how many of us approach God with our own agendas, not even considering who Jesus is and what he wants from us. It would be good to pause today and be in the presence of Jesus, not seeking anything, rather simply waiting and listening for his voice. Now, Proverbs 26. The book of Proverbs is a wisdom book contained within it many nuggets of wisdom. Today we have three particular topics. The fool, who is mentioned ten times. The sluggard, who is mentioned four times. And then those who live a life of hatred towards one another. What we learn about the wise is that they do the opposite of the fool. Verse 11. A dog returning to his own vomit is like a fool repeating behaviour. The wise learn from mistakes and misunderstandings never to repeat the behaviour again. The sluggard is similar, repeating foolish behaviours. The sluggard cares not for danger or for the need to work. Yet the wise responds differently, reacting appropriately to danger and the need to make effort in life. Where we see a completely different behaviour is from verse 17 through 28. The one who hates is the one who meddles and quarrels and lies and flatters and speaks evil. This individual should be avoided and not engaged. 
What Proverbs 26 tells us is that there are two types of people, one whom God is well pleased with and the other who lives a contrary life to God. They will be known as fools who hate and respond to life like a sluggard. I wonder, which camp do you fall into? Let's pray about those things. Father, we pray that we would not be found in the camp of those who hate, of those who are full, of those who refuse your wisdom. Father, we pray that we would follow you entirely and seek after your wisdom. Father, we know that Matthew's gospel tells us that if we seek the kingdom of God first in our lives, then all other things will follow. Father, we pray that that would be true. We pray that we would seek the wisdom of God in each aspect of our life. And we pray that that would be true today. In your name, amen.